W is to make, mend, or fasten something together with stitches. The clothes we wear are stitched, some by hand, some by machine. And if we're lucky, sometimes when we need a repair, we can stitch them up ourselves. So, S-O, indicates something understood. Now, if you're like me and maybe the parents that are here, I found this not to be so with my children. I can remember trying to explain some principle in life, using a story just like Jesus did here with this parable. And I would get to the end of the story, and they would look at me and say, so what's the point? Now, in honesty, sometimes I think it did go over their head. Other times, I think... They just didn't want to apply it into their life, whatever it was we were talking about. And I wonder about the disciples, the same thing. In the 10th verse, they asked Jesus why he talks to the people in parables. But I wonder after he shared those first nine verses with the crowds and the parables were there, if they were sort of like my kids, and they turned to one another and said, so what was the heck his point? Because they didn't understand, and they were in the dark, and they used the people as a way to ask Jesus to give them the meaning of the scripture. It might be so, it might not. But many scholars and theologians do feel that the explanation found in 18 through 23 was actually put in by Matthew, and these were not words of Jesus because the first century church was undergoing persecution, and he wanted to give them some insight into these verses and for them to look at what kind of soil if you will, that their souls or hearts might have within them as they were trying to live in this world where there was persecution. So let's look at those four soils. We have the hardened soil. In that hardened soil, we um, are told by Matthew means that's the soil where the seed can't get in, and analogous to us in our hearts and our minds that the word is cast to us and we have difficulty understanding the word that is shared with us and we're not, or we're not ready to hear it, so it just goes away. Maybe, if you will, something snatches it from out within our understanding and reach. And then there's this shallow soil where we hear something new and we get excited and we are enthusiastic until hard time comes. I mean, you've all been there. There's something you embraced and you thought this was the next best thing there was and you were gung-ho and I'm going to go out and I'm going to take care of it until something hard came along that didn't make doing that thing so easy. 
the word was not fully rooted within you, and you fell off and went to the next best thing. The third soil, the thorny soil. Now, this is really interesting because, you know, the thorny, the thorns really need the good soil to thrive just like the seeds need the good soil to thrive. So the whole point of this one is, is that the thorns, and in other versions they add weeds, that they are growing in the soil. And when the um, sower is casting the seed, that um, it falls there and it doesn't get an opportunity to grow because the thorns and the weeds um, devour it. And Matthew likens this in our soul soil to the worldly cares and wealth in the world. Are we so preoccupied with what the world has to offer and with the potential of how we need to gain wealth in our lives, however we do that, um, that we are not fully rooted either. We are in the good soil and we're near to God. But when God asks for that final commitment to do something, we say, uh-uh, I got to do what the world calls me to do. And so while God is there and we are aware, we're still not totally, completely following. And that brings us to the last soil, the good soil, where God nurtures the seed, provides the right environment for the seed to bear the fruit that God says is 30-fold, is, um, 60-fold, fold or a hundredfold. We all know the good soil. I, I grew up in Illinois, and um, it's got some of the blackest soil in the world. Um, in fact, it's got some of the biggest, hugest farms in the middle of the state, and um, it grows crops easily, easily, because it's got the right kind of soil. Now, Matthew's explanation of the soils is helpful to us because soil types make a difference in whether the seed flourishes, not only in us for the state of our souls, but as we go out and do ministry for Christ, how it will be received by others. And to understand that is important. But first of all, where is your soul today? Are you in the good soil? And maybe you are for some things, but maybe for some other things you're not. But are you in the good soil? And you're in the good soil when you're focusing on God to understand God through worship, Bible study, conversation with others, prayer, ministry for and with others. And there's a multitude of other ways to do it, to be out at Teeter Farm in the nature where God speaks to you. Because when we are focusing on God, God leads disciples in doing the ministry and we flourish. And when we as a church do that, the church flourishes. We move forth and we bring disciples to the table. Okay, so now we go back to those first nine verses where we look at Jesus, and it's about the sower. And all it simply says is the sower is casting seed, but the sower is casting seed everywhere, obviously, broadly and extravagantly, so much so that it falls on all these different kinds of soils, the good and the bad. And like I said, in first century Palestine, Farming was not as sophisticated as it was here. Fields that were planted um, 
all fields that are planted, any farmer will tell you, all have different soil types in the same field. And in those times, too, it was to make my field better. It was much more labor-intensive, so it took time to get that to happen. And from year to year, I imagine the farmers didn't have time to get good soil prepared and dig up rocks and get rid of thorns sometimes. And so they just cast the seed in hopes... They cast it extravagantly and broadly in the hopes that the good seed would fall on some of the good soil and the seeds would produce the crop abundantly. And so the sower sows generously. Jesus, the master sower, is reminding us as sowers of faith, to broadly cast seeds of God's love and grace everywhere to everyone because God's redemptive love is for all people, so everyone needs to hear it again and again. We need to hear, even in our life's journey, and those who are um, suffering in the world need to hear how God's love changes us, what it can do for us, Jesus in the ninth verse once again says, let anyone with ears listen. We have to listen. One has to be open to hearing the sower. Sower, our soil condition determines whether we're ready or not. And that's true when we're the sower, and it's true when we need to hear the word of God to change something in us. It works both ways. We never, never get to quit hearing what the Word of God is telling us. And I know that because for me, I've not always been receptive to hearing. The soul of my the soil of my soul wasn't and isn't always providing me the things I need, or I'm not in touch in hearing God. So I have to get back in touch by doing those things that I mentioned earlier. And so if you know sometimes your soul is not in touch with God, you know when you go out into the world for those who have not heard about God to do whatever kind of ministry you're called to do to take the love of Christ, you know that a lot of those people, you don't know. Because it might take numerous times of casting the 
even though some fields take longer to produce abundant crops. The same is true for us and for those whom we're trying to reach with God's grace. God never stops flooding us, but God expects us to continue to listen throughout our lives. Being a pastor, I still do that, and I, because I'm a pastor, I have had lots of opportunities to cast seeds. But I'm here to tell you, I don't know many of the results from that. And I, it can get discouraging. In fact, I'm here to tell you, as I preach to congregations and the ones I've been in, and I look at the crowd sometimes, and I say, are they really listening? Now, sometimes, rightfully so, maybe they shouldn't be listening, but I'm doing a really poor job. But on the other hand, how do I know what's really being heard by that person? I don't. So it's always my intention, are you ready, to help people sow. Yes, you ready, though. To sow the fabric of their lives into one filled with God's love and hope for the future as we all seek to make God's way of living together in unity and harmony a reality. My goal, no matter what, no matter whom, is always to broadcast and scatter that seed as far as I can in word and action. It takes both. Sometimes action is the way and sometimes word is the way and sometimes both at one time is the way. But I aim to spread the seed no matter of a person's status or whether they are fully listening. Just like I said, I never know if a seed will reach fruition. Only God knows, because God is the one that's in control. And I do have to remember, too, that Jesus didn't know the results here on earth, did he? In fact, he died. Talk about discouragement. We're not asked to do that. But what happened after Jesus died on the cross for us? The church flourished, or you and I would not be sitting here today. The church flourished. And I'm sure Jesus in heaven is pleased and will be even more pleased if we keep scattering the seed. I want to share a story if that's all right. It's a writer in England, H.L.G. He was a story writer and he was an ardent Methodist and more popular probably in England than here. Um, he wrote a book that came out annually. It was called The Friendship sayings or stories, something like that. I've not, I have not read it. I just came upon the illustration, but it fills, um, fits this sermon well. He shares this story. In the church where he worshipped, there was a lonely old man, old Thomas. He outlived all his friends, and hardly anyone knew him. 
when thomas died we had the feeling that there would be no one to go to the funeral so we decided to go so that there might be someone to follow the old man to his last resting place there was no one else and it was a wild west day the funeral reached the cemetery and at the gate there was a soldier waiting he was an officer but on his raincoat there was no rain trousers the soldier came to the graveside for the Senate ceremony. When it was over, he stepped forward, and before the open grave, he swept his hand to a salute that might have been given to a friend. H.L. Judy walked away with the soldier, and as they walked, the wind blew the soldier's raincoat open to reveal the soldier badges of a brigadier. The brigadier said,
come now as the community of faith to our time of Holy Communion with our Lord, the master sower of our faith. He sowed seeds that bore the fruit of good news to the poor, release to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, liberty for the oppressed, the healing of the sick, the feeding of the hungry, and the announcement that the time had come when God would save his people. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples <clears throat> and said, drink, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for the many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to the world until Christ comes in final victory we feast at his heavenly banquet. Amen. This is a table where all are welcome, without regard to difference. It is a table where there are no barriers to community. It is a place where we experience the love of God. For God so loved. So I invite you to come forward when you are ready receive the body and blood of Christ, and if you feel that you would like to, you may light a 